Hello and welcome to Can You Relate with Effie Blankson. I'm Effie and in this episode I have with me one of my dear friends Aram who is going to be sharing her journey on having a baby. So do you remember the last week's episode we uh, concluded on uh, the fact that is the question uh, when are the babies coming soon after the uh, entire fanfare of wedding is it an appropriate question to ask well i felt it wasn't an appropriate question to ask at that time and perhaps we should reconsider um that question and so uh aram is going to be sharing with us her journey on having babies so welcome to uh, can you relate with Africans, Aram? Would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, well, you said my name. So my name is Aram. Um, introduction. I've known you since we were sixteen. We <laughs> went to high school together. Um, well, I currently live in South Africa, and I've been married for about four years. I was telling Effie that um, actually today is my fourth wedding anniversary. Hooray! Uh, hey, <laughs> the husband is off um, on business, so we will do the celebration when he comes back. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's it. Really, I've been in South Africa for the last I don't know, maybe ten to fifteen years. I can't even remember. I don't even count anymore. And yeah, that's that's it. Really, probably about me. If, yeah. you have to, if I have to introduce myself. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, we go back to our younger days uh, when we were on the Kakundo Hewel in uh, Cape Coast and yeah. some of the fun times of our young lives. Not that we're old, we're still very young and gorgeous. <laughs> so, so, Aram, um, Marriage is lovely. So congratulations on your fourth anniversary. Um, how has the journey been so far? Oh dear. So I keep telling everyone that um marriage was very like you no know, getting married was one of the easiest things for me because getting married and if you know you're getting married to the right person and, and, and we can define right in different ways, but when you're getting married to somebody that you, you know, you're, you're very in sync with, it's really easy because I was saying, like, listen, marriage did nothing to me. It is weird. We had a kid and then we had to go back and, and now we have to readjust how we're looking at our lives. Uh, that's what it has been very interesting. And I think that's something else we need to start talking about. Like nobody prepares you for that. Yes. You know, gender roles and how they creep into you know, modern day marriages and all of that. But I think that's something we need to talk about. But I think all in all, it's been a very, um, it's been great. It's got its abs, it's got its lows, but I, I'm I, I'm very confident that I would not want to do it with anybody back here. So it's, it's been a good thing. Yeah, I would say that it, it, it sort of really starts when um you start getting 
a little bit of the challenges um, coming through and that's where it really starts and you start looking at have I made the right choice is this really it and all of that so yeah um, amazing so so I mean we've had other conversations and it was quite interesting that um, when I shared my own journey with um, miscarriages and you know and explaining fertilities and all of that and mm-hmm. so that's where we started talking um, about this and you know you shared sure. the journey uh, with me and so I you know once I started on you know this year series I thought you know and then looking at what the stats were for uh, the podcast it was really um, poignant for me that parenting was what people listen to you know the most and so starting the journey from, you know, marriage being an institution with, you know, with which, you know, people of faith or Christian values um, get to have that space that is right <laughs> to to procreate, um, being the, you know, start off, you know, talking about children and parenting. And so here we are um, talking about, you know, that whole procreation uh, business. So I guess my first question then is, have you been guilty of asking that question yourself? Um, that when are the children coming? And actually, did you get asked that question about when the children are coming after all of the funfair was over and done with? Okay, so that would be guilty as charged. <laughs> um, so I did. I have asked the question. And I think one of the few people that... I quite remember that made me, and, and the reason why I remember this clearly was that I think I'd come down to Ghana and I think it was 2018, I think around September, and I'd met someone I hadn't seen for a while. So he and I were just, you know, chatting and I remember he had gotten married before we left. I left and this has been a while. So so we're talking, I was like, yo, how's, how's wife be and how are the kids? automatically thinking that after five years there would be kids you know naive me I'm thinking at this point and he paused and said to me you know we've been trying and we don't have let's just say that is the moment that I was like oh that's this is real this is foot and mouth right now for yeah. but so but, but that's so that's the one piece and I think for me so my brother, so I've got two siblings. I've got a, a brother and a sister. And the very, well, I don't know what interesting thing or the weird thing is that we all got married within months of each other. So in the first quarter of 2019, my father's kids were all married. Yeah. So I started, I'm the first, and then I've got my brother and my sister after. And so I got married on in January. And then my brother and my sister got married in April. So we're, you know, we're all married. We're all married. And let's say um, by by Feb, no, 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 by like by the latter part of January to um um twenty nineteen, my sister in law was was pregnant. I mean, ju- I remember in December we went for a baby shower, so that happened quick, but rather quickly. Um, baby came, my niece, my wonderful niece came in on February twenty. Uh, February 2020 then getting to the latter part of that year in 2020 um, or, yeah 2020 or early 2020 uh, my sister got 
pregnant and she gave birth at the end of 2020 right yeah so i think when her so while she was pregnant and you know so my brother had had a baby my sister was pregnant and i remember one day we had gone for a hike with a group of friends and somebody just piped hey you when are you when are you getting how when are you like you know have, having the babies i mean even your little sister is pregnant i mean stop your nonsense and get on with it ouch and like a flashback i remember me asking the same question to that gentleman yeah. and so i also took a pause and i said to him we have checked and i am the problem but we're trying to solve it and that's all I said. And I think he almost tried to. I could see the, the, the I don't know whether it's the shame, but the recognition that maybe this is not a question I should be asking in his eyes, right? And and post that. I have never, I have never asked anyone, when are the kids coming? When, you know, all of that. Because if you can share a story with me, you can tell me, oh no, this is, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's great. Because, and, and, and sorry if I'm running away with your question. It's just that right now, we live in such a world that people want to have kids. Yeah. Others don't want to have kids. Others are trying to have kids and they don't have. And I really think that it's for us to almost step, take a step back and not ask this question. Because, listen, if I've got a kid and somehow or the other in our conversation, she will come up. Or he or she will come up because they're so important to you that when we're having discussions, they will come up. So let's just leave it at that and just ask general questions about a person and let's just move on. Okay. Yeah. And and that's and that's where I sit when you ask about this particular question, like when are the babies coming? Oof, never again. Ever. Never again. Uh, I I love that because obviously, you know, we we're definitely all guilty at some point um of, of asking and you know having that assumption or, or of you know, people just wanting to um carry on to that next sort of almost uh in, in natural step um and you know i think from last week i was of the opinion that perhaps you know in terms of adjusting that question to make it a lot more friendly so that when you share something like that you know one does not feel you know that that sort of guilt of oh foot in mouth as you described it um was you know a, a, do you intend to have any if you do how can I support you on that journey I kind of feel like that was more of a welcoming you know uh question to ask mm -hmm. uh, and my my view on it was you know um, it's none of your business, you know, uh, and I, I just prefer that people will just leave it at that. And like you said, you're right. If they're that important to us, it will come up in, you know, a, a conversation. Yeah. yeah, I think if you know the person, so if we're cool and we're family and you want to find out, right, maybe then the question would be exactly what you said, that are you planning on having kids? Mm -hmm. But if you don't know me for a bar or so, I don't think you should be asking me that question because what is it to you, really? <laughs> if you exactly. What is it to you? Um, <laughs> if not a grandparent wanting to spell. <laughs> yeah, if you're they, they have a funny way of asking the question as well, don't they? Um, okay. so, 
um but anyway so so i mean did you actually in the end decide or make the decision to um have children how did that come about um and you know you've already elaborated that um or actually mentioned that you found out that you're the problem and you're working on that so take us through that so um so we've been so we're an older couple so Viv and I were married at and I can't remember. I think it was about 36 when we got married, 35, 36 when we got married. Now, in all intent and positive, that is not as old as I make it sound. But, <laughs> but, but if you were throwing it back to the fact that I've got maids who have got 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds and 15-year-olds, then they obviously started earlier. So they started in their late 20s or mid-20s and so they've got older, they've got you know, they're, they're far ahead in the game. Yeah. Um, So we got married earlier and if you know what they say, you know, the biological clock is quite a real thing, okay? And so Viv and I had said, okay, no, you were going to try and have babies as soon as we could, right? Um, so I think for us, it was almost a, a, a natural thing that we, were, we went ahead with it. But it was only post the first year, right, that I, and with nothing um, happening, that I said, okay, so this is about June, um, I said June, January 2020, that I had said, okay, we've tried for a year. We're going to go in and I was going to go to, I went to the gynae. Went to go and get like a whole lot of. I remember they took about eight or twelve vials for me of blood for me to do a check and just make sure that everything was fine. You know the what do they call it the house? I forget what there's a term that they, they use for that to make sure that the the tools were all right. In right. A full house. Yes, okay. I wanted to make sure I got a full house. Just check everything, and then, um. So when I went in, the results came gentleman um the gynae had said no you're fine looked at my levels they were okay he was fine with it so said okay let me put you on on clomid right so that's supposed to regulate and uh help you relate properly and, 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 and if you need help there which interesting my sister also went around the same time and she was also put on clomid hmm. okay but obviously it regulated her enough for her to have to get pregnant and get back in December, but nothing was happening for me, right? So so that was, so they gave it to me for about three months to try, you know, on that. And then I went back three months after, I was going to go three months after, but we were in lockdown. So lockdown hit us all in March. So it almost slowed everything down. It was only about June that they released us that I went back for a follow-up to tell him that, look, we've yeah. tried the Clomid, We've tried everything, um, you know, but, uh, you know, but it's, it isn't working. I mean, I'm constantly getting my, my period, by my, my clockwork and there's nothing happening. So, so I asked him, could he please refer me to a specialist? You know, cause I wonder, because we want to see what was going on because I'm turning 36 now or 37 now at this point. Well, so, yeah, 36, 35 months. Anyways, so that was that was me. But before that, I think getting to the latter part of my um of 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 2019, there was a lady 
at where I work that was she had gotten pregnant and we were having a chat a general chat and I and then she said to me you know what come talk to me sometime you know um she had been married for about over eight years and she only got pregnant then and then she said to me that you know sometimes it's a little you need a little bit of science yeah. So she so she had mentioned a fertility clinic that she had gone to. So I almost just filed it. So fast forward a year later, when I was talking to the gynae and I was telling him that, you know what, like, I want you to refer me to a specialist. And he was going to refer me to a certain um, person that he knew in, a, in, in another clinic. And I said, no, 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 refer me to these guys, right? These very people. Because obviously I'd heard from the lady and she had had a, a success story. So I said, please refer me to, to them. And then and then he did. But before that, um, he had asked that um, my husband also had to go through and get, you know, he also had to do a semen analysis to make sure that it isn't just, you know, because for him, According to the results, I was I was clean. So let's just confirm with with Habis also and make sure that he was also fine. Because as we all know, well, for those at the back, fertility is not just a woman thing. It's for both. It's on both sides, guys. Both sides. Absolutely. So they had to go and check him also to make sure that he was also fine. And then we obviously went in and we had our first consultation, right? And then we took it from there. We can talk about the first consultation and others some other time, but basically that's how come we decided that okay, we were we want to have babies. We've tried a year, it isn't happening. Let's try again. And actually, what they do define infertility as is that that you've been trying without any protection for a year, and if that doesn't happen, then you are then currently you're infertile. So that's how they define it as you know that. You know, and the you know, and then that means you're infertile, and then you want to probably go back and go figure out exactly what's going on in that space. So here in the UK, what I got was this is unexplained infertility. Right. So I think for me it was more of yes, you've had one child, you uh, uh, point so trying again, and it's not happening, and it's unexplained. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> So, so that's, that's that. So, yeah. So we went to go find the explanation and yeah. 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 So we, and, yeah. And, and I think it's one of the things that I always tell people, it doesn't matter how young you are. I keep saying it now that like, I'm such a big advocate. I keep telling people you must check. doesn't matter how young you are. This, you can't just sit back, you know, and I, and I understand. And I know, and I've got, uh, I've got a lot of faith in God. And for me, that does not, it's not removed from this process. Yeah. You understand? And I think it's one of the things that we also need to almost, it, it, you need to be very active about it. Mm. Active about it. So you may wait, but you also want to go and check and make sure that everything is fine. And yeah. then you can proceed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of alluding to sort of, signs taking over faith and of course if we got into that that would be a completely whole different subject that's a different isn't it um but i but i suppose in in you know talking obviously our backgrounds are from ghana that you know typical african 
thinking there that I remember years ago I had um, somebody say, oh, these are, uh, if you went through the alternative, that these were called test tube babies. And they went... <laughs> It's as though they're not whole if you have if you start them in a test tube and not you know your own tube. Um, but it's sort of in in a sense for me as well. It sort of it's it's a, it's been a bit of a holdback that you know is is science taking over God and and I and I think my view has been that God gave um and He gives that knowledge and and that that ability for you to use in the same way that He gives us choice. Uh, and so if we're making a choice to have to, you know, help ourselves, like heaven helps those who they help, help, help themselves, right then we can't be doing anything wrong um, <laughs> in that in that respect. I'll tell you something. So there's, there's, a, there's a way I, I go around this and, and, and I'd said I was not going to bring him into it. But now that we're bringing God in here, let me, I'll just, I'll, I'll explain how I, I looked at it. So, so one of the things I do, I'm a late minister at church and I, I remember having to preach. And I was I was going through the Bible and I was going through a whole lot of things. And there was one interesting thing, and it's something that everyone knows, that, you know, Jesus, there was a blind man. And Jesus spat into, you know, he spat into soil. And then he put it on his eyes and he made him see. And in the end, he went off to wash his eyes and he could see. And this is how I was. And I was, I was saying that, listen, Jesus could have just said, you can look. Open your eyes and see, as he had said to you know, uh, he could you know he could have called people to get out. I mean, he called Lazarus out of the the tomb. He could have said the same thing to this gentleman, or he could have ordered like if he had ordered the legion from that you know crazy man to get out of him, he could have ordered this man to be his eyes to to see. But he actually used mud and then he used his eyes on his eyes. And I said to him, and I, I was telling God that, you know what, for me, this IVF process is the mat, is the spit that I'm using to get my child and get my glory. Because in the end, who got the glory? God got the glory out of that spit. But it was spit nevertheless. Okay. Yeah. So even if we're calling it a test tube baby, could that be your spit? And in the end, who do you give the glory to? Give it to God. And that's and that's how I understood that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> no, we love the words. <laughs> oh well, so so for me, it's it's it, and on intrinsic to my journey has been pockets of of miracles or pockets of God telling you that. Listen, I've got you. Yeah. I've got you. And 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 I think for me, there's a, you know, we can just jump into the next bit of you asking me about what support and how did I deal with my mental stress and all of that. Like I'm not going to lie, the IVF process or the infertility journey is one of the most. I think you need a lot of courage to do it, because there are so many points in that journey that it could go kaboom in your face because mm -hmm. one the process is you know they will you will inject you first they will check and see what's wrong but if they approve you for it you know and the doctor will tell you it's not a hundred percent right you injecting yourself to grow your eggs right you're going to grow your eggs and it could break down there 
you can, I know people who tried to grow their eggs and didn't get any, or they got one. And then the doctor said, listen, I'm not even going to bother myself taking that out because you just got one and I can't waste your time with that. You could break down all the process that they were trying to pull them out and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't aspirate properly or they fertilized and they didn't fertilize. They could transfer and then they will not stick, you know? So it could break down a, a lot of processes and through it all, and it's a day-by-day journey, mm-hmm. through it all, you are going through a lot of stress. Sorry, I'm just checking in. You were going through a lot of stress because you're like, how's it going to work? How's it not going to work? And for me, how I dealt with it was, one, I've spoken about how my my faith grounded me. Yeah. But I'm also not going to take away the fact that Viv was totally supportive. Yeah. So if it hadn't been for Viv, I don't think I would have actually gone for the process because he was like, you know what? Mm-mm, let's go. Let's go and do it. Let's go. Yeah. I was like, no, let's wait. I want to lose some weight first. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't know what's gonna happen. So I had I had by let's try some more, brother. He says, Mm-mm, let's do this. Let, let's it sure beats waiting. Let's let's try this. Let's yeah. try this. It it sure beats waiting for the natural process to yeah. happen. Because now they've told us that listen, this is what you've got. So in the end, they diagnosed with PCOS, right? Right. And and this is the let's try it because they said you you can get pregnant. This is just going to be it'll take a while, you know. So we need to be aggressive. This is what their doctor has said to me. And the specialist that said to us, and I was like, no, but Viv, we can wait. He says to me, "Mm -mm, let's do this. And and throughout the journey, we we had our lows. Um, I'll get into that. We we had our we had really lows, you know, you know, crying from bathroom situations. But he just turned in me and said, No, it's fine. We'll try it again. It's okay. Yeah. You know? And he, he didn't make it look like, listen you're the problem i could go off and go and figure out somebody else so he was really really good i think also my dad my dad is old my dad's mm-hmm. 70 this year but he was very understanding no 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 yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, your dad is... my dad is old no but 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 you see in, <laughs> in in his thinking i mean he could have said no we can't you know why are you doing this you know but he was like, no, it's all right. Let's do this. I'm just going to pray with you and just go ahead, do what you're going to do. So my dad was amazing in the process because he was my prayer partner in all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my brother, my mother-in-law, my sister, they were also very strong, you know, supportive. I think my sister at first didn't quite understand why I had to go through it because, you know, she, She's younger. She's about six years younger than I am. And she figured that, oh, no, we're just going to do it. No, you can wait. And you can. And I also said to her that, you know what? Sissy, I am uh, older. Eh? And me, I don't have time, you know, to play with. Let's wait a while. Let's wait a year, two years. So if they say I need to, you know, I have to do this. Let me give it a shot. But she was very supportive in all of this, you know, um, and I think this one of the sweetest thing 
my brother had said to me was, you know what, mm -hmm. if if it doesn't happen for this one, um, I, I'm willing to, you know, help you financially, mm -hmm. except that you have to name the child after me. <laughs> like this. <laughs> you know, so, and that was nice. And my, my mother-in-law, I mean, she wanted grandkids because this is her oldest child. Um, she wanted grandkids, but, and I, she had asked here and there, oh, when is mine coming? You know, but she didn't make it seem, she wasn't very catty about it. She yeah. understood. She says, you know, it's fine. Go yeah. to the doctor, find out what they're saying. Then if you need me to help you with something, tell me. But yeah, I knew this one, Um, she tried and she did some injections and the baby, now they've got a baby. So don't worry about it. Just go, you know, those kind of things. Um, so that was that. And I think one of the times that you you know, you're waiting and then you're just seeing your blood, you're seeing your monthlies, and through the journey, you're just like, you know what, you're you know, you're crying in the bathroom because you want this to happen and it's not happening. And I remember the during the process, there was one, I don't know whether you know, um, you listen to this lady, uh, Tasha Cox. So there's a yeah, so she's got this album called, I forget, it's called Passion, Happiness, and I forget, oh, I just, I just forgot it, and, and I was so, no, I think it was her, it's called Royalty, her yeah. album is called Royalty, and I was so, I don't know, I was so drawn to it, I used to sing, like, I used to play it, and, 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 on, 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 it was just like my, I used to center myself with it. It was only a year after that I found out that they were going through the IVF process and that's how the song came about. Right. Like you don't understand how those things connect. So I think for me it was it was mainly my faith, you know, because they will tell you that listen, and I'm not gonna lie, guys, there's pain. There's pain during during the whole like when there's there's always pain during hope, but you should not be care you should be very careful not to get bitter about it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie about it. And there was pain, but I think these people and this support that I was getting made it easy for me. But generally we kept it within us ourselves. I didn't want to talk to others because I somehow I feel as if people quite don't get, you know, people don't get the process that, listen, like you said, it's about to test you, baby. But people don't quite get the whole IVF process. Yeah. And it's almost a stigma attached to it. It's like, I'm not a lot. So almost as if when you tell people that you met your husband on online, on a dating site, which I did, by the way. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Bobos, it's almost like that. Like, you know what? Oh, are you that desperate? You know, like when you go on the, on the dating site. Oh, that's what it's, I mean, yeah. Are you that desperate that you go on, on, on the dating site. But guys, you got to do something yeah. to get what you want. Remember, you need the spit to get the celebration at the end of the day. Exactly. And I think for me, that, that, was, that, that was it really. Yeah. 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 So you you have oh my goodness, Ayram, you have touched on so many, so many things, so many things, and I was trying to jot 
some really key things down. I don't think I've succeeded very, very right. much because I was so keen to keep, you know, keep listening. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, just the elements taken from here, uh, the support that you uh, received, because, you know, that's one of the most important things I, I felt that, you know, do we, you know, society-wise actually get the right support um, you know, during these times, but, you know, clearly, you know, your family um, gave you that support in there, um, sort of that he for she bits, you know, with, you know, your husband and your dad and your brother actually as well, tapping into not just he for she, but, you know, the financial aspect of it as well, which can be mega expensive to have to go through. And if you haven't got it, then, you know, you're, you're almost really stuffed. Um, but, I love, I love the fact that, you know, all of these things came into play for you. Uh, not everybody's lucky to have that, um, but you really expressed the importance of it and how it's obviously um, held you. Um, and so would you agree that that sort of uh, support um, is what we should naturally be looking at as a society to do differently um and i think my proposal was that i think that post marriage if you think about counseling before marriage um should we consider you know within the first 3 years um have a whole counseling session actually on if a couple want to go on the journey of having children you know yeah. should we have a counseling section uh, mm -hmm. just for that um, at all would would you agree with that kind of notion or suggestion so so I thought about this question and I'm and this is me and being very practical about it I, I wonder if couples even go for counseling after they do get married hmm. I doubt it. so that's the one but I think maybe prior to getting married one of the things that you want to consider if you want to get if you want to have babies or babies are on the cards for you i will say do a full like mot reproduction yeah. reproduction um test both both sides do that and i think you need to go into the marriage with very clear eyes okay we need to so one do that Yes, but obviously if you're if you've got a clean bill and he's got a clean bill, so that's a step, right? But then you also need to have conversation about how would say we can't have kids. Because now we all assume, eh? Say we can't have kids. What are we doing about it? I think these are hard questions we need to ask ourselves before we get married, right? And then almost test your in-laws if you can with the questions around no children hmm. or have a conversation around, oh, this lady and her husband, oh, can you believe they haven't had kids and the husband doesn't want to even go and test to go and check his, you know, go and check whether he's the problem. Almost listen into what your in-laws are going to say or even your partner is going to say around that because yeah. those are interesting red flags that, you know, it's a red flag that will come up that, if your mother-in-law, your in-laws are giving you, you're like, ah, no, but he's a man. He doesn't have to go and check. Then you better check yourself. Or if your man doesn't want to 
says never. He's not going to go and do a semen analysis even before you're going to get married. And there's something you also wanted to think about, mm. right? Um, I, I don't know if people are, 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 you know, are willing to do counseling, but I think you want to go into the marriage very clear-eyed on whether or not, one, you want to have kids, two, are we all whole, and what will be our plan, or where are we sitting if we don't have kids? Because I know people who have been married five years and, you know, they still don't have kids, but I've heard the man tell me, but just because we don't have kids doesn't mean I'm going to leave her. I mean, I love her too much for that. Yeah. You know, it's not a factor, you know? So maybe these are questions we need to ask. I remember my pastor saying to me when we were doing counseling, it was like, you know, you don't have to ask. Don't tell me why you, you know, you love Viv. Is it because of this? But I want you to look at him and tell me why you like him despite his nonsense, you know, what you term as nonsense. Ah, my child is up again. <laughs> what we term as what you term sorry, sorry guys, what you term as his, you know, things you dislike about him, but you're willing to marry him in spite of that. And I think maybe that's, that's what we need to think about, that he doesn't give me. I want. I'm not marrying because he gives me butterflies. Yes, he does. All of that one wonderful things. Let's put it on the side. But I'm willing to marry him, even though he irritates me because he uses a big bowl to eat like one little chip. And whether or not you know you want to go ahead despite that, because those little things that you don't like, they're gonna crop up when you're sitting with him. Yeah. You know, in the future. So. Do we want, they won't do that, sorry, not they. I don't know if we are going to want to do the counselling. But mm. I say, just as you do counselling before it, I think child, childlessness or infertility should be something that we need to talk about during, you know, that process. And I say, also do the tests because it's important. Yeah. I really think it is. And then let's talk about it. Yeah. So I think you make a very valid point there that, you know, counseling is essential, it's important. But even if people do actually go on that journey of, you know, counseling, and perhaps we should be looking at counseling uh, before in terms of that question instead of after. Because after you're going to have a whole load of, uh, different obstacles to have to cross yeah so I think I'm gonna I, I'm quite happy to have to reconsider that position <laughs> that <laughs> um if if you know if if you haven't um had that conversation perhaps then you can look to do it you know post-marriage but I think it makes yeah. absolutely more sense to uh inculcate this uh in in counseling pre-marriage pre um and I think you know, having your own is usually the 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 you know natural preference, and nobody can fault anybody for that. But I think definitely in terms of then looking at the alternatives is something that we naturally probably need to consider. So just want to say uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing um, this journey with us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think on our next episode, we'll be going into the journey, journey itself and, mm-hmm. and the stresses of that for those who have not been there yet. And um, I can't wait to hear all of the stories and uh, the, the levels that you're going to be taking us on. So, Aram, thank you. And um, we'll see you next week. Next week. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us uh, this on this episode of Can You Relate With uh, Effie Blankson. Until next week, when we delve into uh, the IVF process itself and Aram's experience of it, be well. <laughs>